Every time, every single time that I was going to, um, you know, I validated this evidence for seven months. But a weird thing happened during that time. People kept coming up to me, news outlets and stuff. They approached my family. I had people from around the country call me up. Now you're friends of mine, reaching out to me saying, um, what you have. And they're talking about an individual. They're going, they brought up the name Dennis Montgomery. Okay. They said, Mike, this Dennis Montgomery is a fraud and whatever. And, and all this stuff. And he's telling me all this stuff. I'm going, um, I never said I got it from any Dennis Montgomery. I never said that, everybody, ever back then. Okay. I had, I said, I got stuff from multiple sources is what I said, which was true. It just so happened, though, a couple of the other sources, all of it led back to Dennis Montgomery. When I got a call on January 9th, it was by another lady named Mary Fanning, which they've attacked her. They've attacked her. She's not real. She did the American report. She's the one that wrote those four, that those four pieces. When actually Brandon House called me up, never met him before. I was on his show, I guess, remotely, I think. I don't even remember. And he says, and it, seemed, it came on my phone and said Brandon House. And I always write stuff on my phone like uh, Tom Cyber, Tom, just to remind me, um, um, like Pat Kolbeck is Pat Detroit. It's just stuff to spark my memory. Well, I see in Brandon House, I go, I'm, what am I doing with a house, right? You know, <laughs> and I go, and that's why I kind of answered out of curiosity, you know, that it was Brandon House. So I took the call. That was kind of a miracle. That was his name, right? So I go, who's this? And he tells me, and he goes, I need you to listen to this person. And Mary started talking. It was like, she's like an encyclopedia of mine. I've never had anything like it. Just, and she's telling me about this person, Dennis Montgomery, that had that worked for the government that made, that was one of the smartest men that ever walked this planet that has developed stuff for the government. And he was able to see the collect the whole 2020 election. And I said, and it was all done with machines. And I'm going, um, and they go, can we, are you listening? I said, oh, you had me at a low. I mean, I got, cause that answered my question that all the things of, of people jumping into other states and all these non-residents voting. Cause I knew people were genuinely good people. So I got that, that was on January 9th. And you all know the story, we told it just the other day when I showed, when I had those four pieces of paper. Remember, the, paper, the papers in the envelope were from the lawyers. I had never seen them. I, to this day, I've never read those papers, the martial law ones. But these four pieces of paper were for, that I had seen, which were, were just a snippet of, of suppose, what this Dennis Montgomery had. Well, then I dove in. And I talked to Dennis Montgomery, and he had told me about a stroke he had had, and Kendra was on that phone call. And he, and he lived through something that was so horrific. It was a miracle he lived. And God told him, he said, you are, you, you're going to stay alive for such a time as this, and you will meet someone. And that was me, okay? It was such a divine connection there, and I spent the next six, seven months validating every single day, trying to get the word out, but still validating to be able to push this out there. And then at the cyber symposium, okay, well, I'm going to show you, I want to show you something. I want to show you a CNN report. Do we have the CNN uh, um, 
I'm going to do that now before I before I bring the others on. Donald Trump was going to win anyway. The watch paper three days before the cyber symposium. Up were audited against the machine. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. In these counties, no, they weren't. No, they weren't. Who told you that? The county officials. Oh, did they tell you that? Well, they're going to have some answering to do. No matter who says there was no widespread fraud in the election, whether it's local election officials, secretaries of state, judges, or even Donald Trump's own attorney general. Mike Lindell's conclusion is the same. They are all wrong. All these county officials are lying. I don't know. They might be misconstrued. We'll say misconstrued because they don't realize what happened. Lindell says his information comes from multiple sources, all of them super secret. He claims he's spent millions on the project and also claims he will give $5 million to anyone who proves him wrong. Mike, you can you can make up anything. Who can? No, you can't. You, this you, is where no. This is where going to have no, a no, no, demonstration. No, 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 no. no. This room. is where you're wrong. We're giving it to all the. We're giving it to the cyber people that show up. We're going to give them each state. Here's a state, Georgia. They can take it How apart. You could possibly be the victim of a scam here. Well, then why don't you come to the symposium and make $5 million? Are you worried about me? We should give a hug. You're worried about oh, Mike. Oh, God bless you. Here's what we're worried about. We're worried that what you are doing is mistakenly or deliberately destroying the confidence in the legitimate elected president of the United States and fostering what could be you know real what? damage to this country. I never said anything bad about Biden or the Democrats, you ever. Have, you have, never. You wrong. have, through this, inve- through this no, investigation. No, I have not. You pull it up. This, you're lying now. You're lying. Mike, I said the Democrats said. warned us. No, you're lying. Well, let me tell you. So let me tell you there. I want to. T- I want to tell you that. Did you hear me? He tried to say I was bad. He tried to make it a Democrat thing, but you're missing one piece. They cut out of that. That was a three-hour interview. They flew out of the blue. When CNN wants to interview, it's only happened to me twice. You can look it up. One time was in the summer of 19 when I had a therapeutic that worked to get rid of this China virus, and I was. It was the summer of. Summer of 20, and Anderson Cooper, for 24 minutes, you can look it up on YouTube, the biggest attack you've ever seen ever on TV, ever. But this guy, they came to me, so CNN, they knew I was having this cyber symposium. They fly out to Minnesota. This interview was three hours long. He kept hammering me over and over. You know what they cut out of that? They brought up Dennis Montgomery numerous times. Did you get this from Dennis Montgomery? Did you get this? I go, I go, I mean, I got it from multiple sources, which I wasn't lying because the other two get me right back to Dennis, right? So this is, I'm thinking, I've never said Dennis to anybody. And this had been, and what they did, did you hear him say, Mike, you, did you ever think you're getting disinformation? And, and that you heard me say, oh, you care about old Mike. Let me tell you, do you know how many people in this country, people I didn't even know, People, friends of mine that were friends with a friend, they reach out to my family members and say, will you tell him that he's getting duped? He's getting duped. This Dennis Montgomery's a fake and a fraud. And he's this and this. And uh, well, I had talked to Dennis. You know, he had had a stroke and almost died and had to relearn everything the government had to have him do. Everything. Everything. The guy's is one of the smartest people that have ever walked planet Earth. And I'm going to tell you, at the cyber symposium, okay, the cyber symposium, after the CNN attacked or whatever, the, there's a reason 
that on the second night of the cyber symposium, there was the most attacked. If any of you were there, there was spy planes flying over Sioux Falls. We tracked them. It looked, all they did goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. There was so much CIA and government stuff at that thing. I've never been, to, it's the most, probably the most four days of the most spiritual battle in history. You didn't know who was who, who was real. On the second night at night, at night, I was physically attacked. You all read that? Maybe, maybe you did. I was physically attacked when we got back after I was with Lance Wallnow and Gene um, from Flashpoint, those guys. We had went out to dinner, and I got back to the hotel. It was like 11.30 at night. Kendra and I go, I go, I feel something bad. We got to go. We got to go right now. And we went to the elevator, and that's where we were, three of them. And they did this. And the guy went up, and, and it was physical. He shoved something into me. And you can see it on the, on the tape. It was like, you know, I thought it was the most excruciating pain I've had. Well, now we had people there. Um, these, this colonel, he knew he was a medic. He said, he said they tried to do a thing where you would die the next day or whatever, right? And the look on his face was, because we were dropping PCAPs that next morning. We were dropping PCAPs. Then we got word. We got word right after that happened. We called when we called called the police for the report, whatever. But the uh, this medic I am this uh, this colonel came in. This was my um, cyber team. These guys were the uh, um, and one of them on them was a sabotager too. It was called the red team that was brought in. And this guy said they're gonna drop. We have word they're gonna drop a poison pill in the data you drop. And, and it's gonna, and they're gonna come in and grab everything. And I didn't know what that mean, a poison pill. I go, I gotta get this to the world. Well, okay. So I didn't drop it that day, as you all know. But did you see, don't you think that's weird? The data I put up was from the 2020 election, the metadata. So that's why no one won the five million. That was, if, even, even Alan Duke, the Facebook fact checkers, said that that was really from the 2020 election. But they wanted the PCAP data. They wanted this 20, these 32 terabytes. Now, let me tell you, when that ended, I want you to think about this before I bring these guys in. When that ended, the media didn't say, Mike Lindell didn't drop what he said. He didn't drop these PCAPs. He doesn't have 32 terabytes. You know why? Because they went completely fox on me. Remember I told you that Zachary, that little, that little, 23-year-old brat that, uh, from Daily B. He, he was working for Salon then. 17 days went by. You can look it up. I wasn't even in news for doing anything until he wrote that he couldn't resist Mike Lindell's failed cyber symposium. He had to sell his airplane as I'm flying around in it. But at that point in time, that was, now that was a God thing too, and you're going to find out in a minute. But I will tell you what. Had... I thought at that moment when that cyber symposium was over and then now the media, I couldn't get back in the media. I thought, God, what, you know, what is this? What do I do with this? What am I going to do? But if you remember, the miracle of Tina Peters came out of that cyber symposium. Okay. But also the miracle of 50 states that were at the cyber symposium that went back to their states and planted seeds and said, we got a problem with machines. And that's what you've seen like yesterday, every single state getting up here. But now I'm going to tell you why we couldn't 
put those PCAPs out there. I'm going to bring on attorney Kurt Olson, and I'm going to bring on Jeff O'Donnell. We need another microphone here. I guess, Jeff, you can wait. Right, well, he can wait over there. You can pull this way. Okay, you guys get ready for this. Okay. So, Kurt's going to go through, why couldn't I drop those caps? 32 terabytes of your 2020 election. Okay. And remember, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Kurt. Why don't you just start? So the big question is, who is Dennis Montgomery? And as Mike said earlier, everybody who was approaching him, his family members, me, they were all saying that he was a fraud. And that's just not true. And so the first document we're going to start off with, or actually the first, uh, what we're going to start off with is a little video that seemed to be memory hold. This is from 2017, when two investigative reporters, Sarah Carter and John Solomon, brought something to Hannity that was explosive. And joining us now with their special report and more, Sarah Carter, John Solomon. Um, John, I'll start with you. Anything I'm saying here that's wrong, in your view, well, listen, uh, we have a man tonight that filed a lawsuit that walked out of the NSACI and FBI with 47 hard drives, 600 million documents that were classified. This is way larger than Snowden. He gave it back to the FBI and said, the reason I took him is I want to sit down and show you all these mass civil liberties. And nobody's heard about this in the last two years. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty important story, and it goes to this larger issue of how much abuse may be going on but beneath the intelligence community's cover. And we, we need to get an answer about how often our identities are compromised, how often our privacy is affected. We've been, been looking at this for three months, and there's a lot of concrete evidence, facts, that there are violations going on that need to be addressed. And, and Sarah, so what your report is saying here is you had an ex-Intel contractor suing Comey saying that the FBI, on a mass scale, covered up mass civil liberties violations against Americans, and he has evidence. Isn't that a little uh, bit bigger than, than Russia collusion with no evidence, as I just proved up to this point? Yeah, that, absolutely. That's, uh, this, is, this is on a much larger scale. We have seen the itemized reports of the 47, and we've posted them on our website at circuit.com, of the itemized uh, list of hard drives that he gave to the FBI, signed by the FBI. We have all the documentation to show this. And think about this, Sean. He said, and I just spoke to him before I came to see you, he said he unmasked with the technology that he had, with the NSA, over 20 million Americans. Six hundred oh million gosh. documents. He said if you stack those up, that's 30 miles high. 30 miles high, but over 20 million Americans. And I said, well, what was it you were unmasking? He said everything from their bank accounts, their homes, their records, phone conversations, emails. He was able to take down every single firewall. And it was so distressing because you know, this is what he was directed to do. And when he tried to do the right thing, and he did, in his opinion, the right thing and got the immunity agreement from the FBI, the FBI decided to not move forward.
to not did, move forward with that did, investigation, and that's all he knows. Did Comey know about this? Because the headline is that he's suing Comey, alleging this mass cover-up of civil liberties violations, and you're telling me $20 million? $20 million? This is the $20 biggest... $20 Wow. Did, did Comey know? According, according uh, to Dennis Montgomery, who is alleging that all of this happened and who is willing, he said, I am more than willing to tell anybody, face anyone, face Comey, face former director uh, Robert Mueller, who was working at the FBI at the time when he began his work, because he spent nine years, nine years working uh, with them, started out with the FBI, then went on into the CIA NSA realm. Um, and so when he began this, he said that, you know, he was willing to talk to anyone and testify before anybody, face Clapper, face Brennan, face Comey, and, and he would not back down, even though wow. he is right now, um, he's struggling with right. some health issues. He just wants to get the story out. John, I'll give you the last word. I'm imagining that if it's more information than even Edward Snowden, that there's beyond smoking gun evidence here. When will the American people see this? Well, it's, gonna, it's been assigned to a very well-respected judge, Judge Richard Leon here in District of Columbia. He's the judge that previously ruled that the NSA had violated Americans' privacy. And the court process is going to play out now, and there will be a venue now where Americans can find out if these things are true and if their violations have been going on that uh, have been swept under the rug by our government. And, and you've been able to see what evidence? We have been able to see that he did get an immunity agreement, that he did turn documents over to the FBI. So that part of his story is confirmed. Wow. And now his lawsuit lays out the actual predicate. Sarah did a great interview with him with some really fascinating insights on what he witnessed during his nine years as a contractor. Guys, we'll have you back tomorrow. This is huge. Thank you for your hard work. This is important for our Constitution and you, the American people. We'll continue on the story, I promise. That was Dennis Montgomery that they were talking about. Okay. So let me tell you a little bit more about Dennis Montgomery in his own words. And what's going to come up next is a declaration that goes through what exactly he did for the government and how it affects the 2020 election. So this is a declaration that is sworn, and it's quite long, and it's full of over 20 exhibits. And I'm just going to blow up a few key passages for you. So this is Dennis. For more than 45 years, I have been engaged in software development and written software focused on developing data compression anomaly detection, pattern recognition, object detection, identification and tracking technology, and biometrics in analyzing massive volumes of electronic data. In companies I started, we have developed and then licensed various technologies to the U.S. government intelligence agencies, including the CIA, the Department of Defense, SOCOM, which is Special Operations Command, Homeland Security, Defense Advan Department of Advanced Naval Research, and the Air Force. Dennis founded a company called eTrepid with a partner. And in two so he says, in 2002, eTrepid was approached by representatives of the United States Department of Defense and Central Intelligence Agency, who expressed an interest in various surveillance technologies eTrepid had been developing. These federal government representatives conducted independent tests 
of eTrepid's technology and then advised us that they had decided to integrate eTrepid's DCAD and PR technologies into various programs in the federal government's intelligence community. And there's an exhibit attached to the declaration, which will be a publicly filed document that anybody will be able to view in its totality. Skipping ahead a little bit, eTrepid Technologies was supplied millions of dollars of hardware by the FBI to begin our surveillance work. Our surveillance work was running on supplied computers by the FBI during my work in Reno, Nevada. And again, is a, an exhibit that validates that. eTrepid Technologies was awarded a surveillance contract by the CIA, DOD, Air Force, and Department of Homeland Security starting in 2004. Beginning in 2005, I became aware that the CIA and the National Security Agency had started using the eTrepid technology that I had developed for locating terrorists abroad to conduct surveillance of citizens of the United States, including members of the Supreme Court of the United States and thousands of other federal and state jurists, members of Congress, state office holders, numerous public figures, and religious leaders in the U.S and other Americans. Fast forward a few years, eight members of the FBI, IRS, and DEA raided Dennis Montgomery's home, his home, and storage units looking for all evidence of FBI, CIA, NSA involvement in operating surveillance programs, foreign and domestic in Nevada that that target foreign and domestic individuals, businesses, and elections. The U.S. government would only supply the name of the special agent, FBI agent West. The U.S. government refused to produce the names of the other agents. Does that sound a little bit familiar if you remember Tina Peters? After three months of testimony, Judge Cook, who was the federal judge in Reno, Nevada, responsible for the case that was involved with when Dennis got into a dispute with his partner at eTrepid, Judge Cook concluded that he did nothing wrong and that the FBI filed false affidavits, tampered with the evidence they collected, made up false information against Dennis, and that the FBI violated Dennis Montgomery's constitutional rights. When Judge Sandoval, later Governor Sandoval, was confronted with the illegal domestic surveillance programs, he recused himself. And again, I'm skipping through some of the declaration to get to the, I think, the most important points here. Dennis testifies under oath on January 13, 2009, Blixware contracted with the U.S. intelligence community to continue their prior work at eTrepid to be conducted at a new facility in Fort Washington, Maryland, which was under the direction of James Clapper. And again, there's an exhibit validating that. Dennis continues, when I learned of CIA and NSA's domestic surveillance using technology I developed, I filed whistleblower complaints with the Inspector General of the CIA, the Department of Defense, Department of Justice, Air Force, Director of National Intelligence, the Defense Intelligence Agency, and others. And he continues on. He says, in those complaints, I objected to the misuse of this surveillance technology to monitor private communications, bank records, 
attorney-client communications, voting information, and other private activities of American citizens. During the E-Trepid litigation, the Director of National Intelligence, and we'll get to that in a minute, that was then DNI Negroponte, filed a motion asserting on behalf of the United States a state secret privilege. In response, on August 29, 2007, the court entered a protective order that prohibited certain discovery in the E-Trepid litigation. Again, Dennis was raided. On March 4, 2010, the DOJ and the FBI raided the law office of his attorneys, the Liner Law Firm, without a search warrant or any probable cause and seized millions of pages of attorney-client documents, U.S. government communications, election data collected in FBI, CIA, and NSA domestic surveillance programs he had worked in, including proof of U.S. government election surveillance and tampering. Seized documents and electronic media reflected voting machine manufacturers' vulnerabilities to hacking. Voting machine manufacturers' communications and intellectual property were hijacked by the U.S. government numerous times over the years I worked in the FBI, CIA, and NSA surveillance programs foreign and domestic. This is under oath, by the way. On August 3, 2014, Dennis met with federal judge Royce Lamberth in his office in the federal courthouse in DC with others present and discussed FBI, CIA, NSA, domestic surveillance programs I had worked on, including election tampering and abuses of high-ranking U.S. government officials who directed and supervised this illegal domestic surveillance programs he had worked on, first in Reno, Nevada, and then at Fort Washington, Maryland. I presented information to him to support the claims I was making in my previous whistleblower complaints. Dennis continues, I was seeking immunity to allow me to present my evidence of these super-secret surveillance programs I worked on. He's referring to, he says he reached out, he's referring to uh, Judge Lamberth. He first reached out to Senator Grassley and then to FBI General Counsel James Baker. I prov provided Judge Lamberth proof of election interference, both foreign and domestic. FBI General Counsel James Baker later denied any knowledge of such FBI, CIA, NSA domestic surveillance programs he had worked in, but had to walk back those comments in his testimony before a House committee on U.S. government surveillance matters. Dennis continues, on September 8, 2014, I had discussions with Senate Select Committee on Intelligence staffers John Dickus and James Wolfe. You might remember the name James Wolfe. He was the one who was charged and convicted of leaking one of the FISA warrants, if you recall, against President Trump. So Dennis continues that he met with those individuals regarding targeting congressional members 
in FBI, CIA, NSA domestic surveillance programs that he had worked in. In 2021, Dennis states, I agreed to convey certain assets that I acquired and developed for eTrepid and Blixware to Mike Lindell's management company. These are the concluding paragraphs. And I'll note at the bottom, it is certified under the penalty of perjury. Dennis concludes in the final two paragraphs of this declaration, in the recent 2020 election, terabytes of data comprising internet transmissions sent during the 2020 election were collected by the same technology I developed and previously licensed by the U.S. government. The U.S. government or their agents continued to use the election technology I licensed to them previously. The U.S. government has refused to pay the license fees associated with the technology as they continue to use the technology and have paid for it in the past. Because the DOJ asserted that eTrepid, the eTrepid litigation protective order, quote, remains in place to preclude disclosure of the categories of information and related materials described in the order, I believe when I owned eTrepid and Blixware and continue to believe today that the DOJ asserts that the protective order applies to the FBI, CIA, and, and NSA domestic surveillance data, <clears throat> including election data, and that public disclosure of the election data would violate the protective order and the state secret privilege. That's his declaration under oath. But you don't need to just accept that. We mentioned earlier, as Dennis testified, that he's been under a state secret protective order covering the information relating to his work for the U.S. government since 2007. It's a little bit hard to see, but this is the declaration that was submitted by then DN acting DNI director John D. Negroponte. And to show you exactly what we're referring to here, <clears throat> this is Mr. Negroponte's sworn declaration and some highlights. It states, I, John D. Negroponte, hereby declare as follows. I am the Director of National Intelligence of the United States. I have held this position since April 21, 2005. From June 28, 2004 until my appointment as DNI, I served as United States Ambassador to Iraq. Now, mind you, this is the DNI's declaration. The purpose of this declaration is to assert formally, in my capacity as DNI and head of the United States intelligence community, the state secret privilege to protect intelligence information as well as a statutory privilege under the National Security Act to protect intelligence sources and methods from unauthorized disclosure. Unauthorized disclosure of information covered by the state secret and statutory privileges reasonably could be expected to cause serious and in some cases exceptionally grave damage to the national security of the United States and such information should therefore be excluded from any use in this litigation. And again, this was litigation in a dispute between Dennis and his business partner. 
But I would remind you exactly what Dennis Montgomery swore to under oath, what was comprised in that information, which included election data. The declaration is quite long, but the meat of it, of what they are trying to preclude, is defined here, where the DNI wants to preclude any actual or proposed interest in application or use by any entity in the United States intelligence agency or any current or former official employee or representative thereof of any technology, software, or source code owned or claimed by any individuals or entities associated with this lawsuit. And he continues, I have determined that any unauthorized disclosure of the information described in paragraph 11, which is what I read you a portion of just before, reasonably could be expected to cause serious and in some case exceptionally grave damage to the national security since the United States can neither confirm nor deny such, in such information without compromising the effectiveness of intelligence sources and methods. The court, in response to DNI Negroponte's declaration, did enter that protective order. There's one point I want to bring out in that order, which is quite fascinating to me. That order states, the United States supports its application for protective order under the military and state secret privilege by the declaration of John D. Negroponte, formerly Director of National Intelligence. You just heard some snippets of that. Notice the next sentence. And a classified declaration, which has been reviewed by the court in camera and ex parte, which demonstrate that disclosure of information at issue in this litigation, subject to the proposed protective order, could be expected to cause serious, and some cases, exceptionally grave damage to national security. So for those of you who do not know, when the judge refers to in camera and ex parte, it means that he reviewed additional information that the public never saw, it was never filed in any court proceeding, it was all secret. Ex parte means it was just the judge. The other side was not given it. So anybody who says Dennis Montgomery is not the real deal is either ignorant or they're lying. Thank you, Kurt. Okay. Now that you know the smartest man I've ever met in the world is real, um, what I did, so for a while there, knowing what he had, I lived in fear for a long time, knowing that we had the key to everything. From January when I was being attacked, I didn't go to Minnesota for three months and said, stay away from my family. I'm out of state. I've had to live with this for since the symposium. I've had lawsuits out there, Dominion, Smartmatic, all of them, watching other people get destroyed. And uh, we were in uh, Bedminster, um, or not Bedminster, we were in New Jersey, and uh, I brought all my, all my team together, all my cyber guys and um, all my lawyers, and, and all the thing it was an appreciation event we had, just uh, a dinner. 
big event, and there was probably, what, 50 of us probably there. And the next day, we're sitting in a hotel, and I had all the cyber guys around me. Jeff was one of them. And a ding, 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 ding. And one of them said, she said, uh, Mike, everywhere we go, I wish you wouldn't talk about the Dennis Montgomery thing and that stuff, because it just, it doesn't, it's not real, or whatever. And I, and I got upset, and I looked at her, and I said, I said, it is real. And I said, if I wouldn't have had that, I said, we wouldn't be doing, we wouldn't be talking. And she said, well, I'll give you that. It did raise awareness for the whole country and set off the, you know, everything else, even though I couldn't show it. But she didn't know that. And I'd already had it validated. I had another cyber guy that worked for a year, a half, over a year now. It's been a year and a half that validated and validated. And it was like, and, and I knew that there, you know, that this was, that this was on there, that it was, uh, but I'm going, wow. And, and Dennis going, let's bring it out there and save the country. When we got this on January 9th, I thought, wow, just like when the guy brought me that, that, uh, if you all remember that therapeutic for the China virus, I put, I put in millions of dollars into that and that just got suppressed got suppressed. I lost everything I had back in the summer of 20. That was on a therapeutic that they, that they, the big pharma, and they never let it out. I tried to save other countries and ship it overseas. They stopped it in Israel, Philippines, everywhere. But anyway, we're in this meeting, so here I am. It's almost like round two. People didn't believe we had a cure to this vax or this China virus and every other thing that they could throw at us. But now I'm not, it's like walking around like the fugitive going, you know, you got to believe me. And the media attacking, and they're attacking, and they're attacking Dennis, not even though I never said his name. Well, the cyber guys then, I'm going, no, it's real. And I'm arguing with Jeff, and another one, another one, another one. And I said, you know what? And then they asked me, he said something funny when he goes, you mean, you mean you were attacked all that time, and nobody even, you never even mentioned his name? I said, no, ever. I never mentioned his name. And I have everyone would come out of the woodwork. You need to, you need to stop. Dennis Montgomery's a fraud. I'm going. Whoever said his name? And that was actually with Kurt. Actually, believe it or not, every time I got attacked, he's going. Well, they must think he's got something, or they wouldn't be attacking. He said that all the time to me. I go, Kurt. I've been to the mountain. I've seen it. It's real. But I don't know how to read cyber, right? But I've seen all the computers and everything else. And I got another guy said it's real. So I took Jeff. I said, Jeff, I said, how about you come with me? And I said, you, you can go there and validate. He was the one out of the group. He's going, pick me, pick me, you know. And, uh, and he, he, got, he, he, got, he got home. He, he got home to his wife. And the, that day came. It's about, I don't know, a month and, month and a half ago. Early July, right? Early July. Early July. And he told his wife, he told me this. What did you tell your wife when you were going to meet and, and validate this? Yeah, when, uh, when, when, when Mike asked me to do it, and, and me being very skeptical at the time, uh, I like, got this, this sort of sick feeling inside, and I said to my wife, I said, what if I'm the one that has to tell Mike, Mike Lindell that the PCAPs are crap? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'm doomed. <laughs> but, 
But but Jeff got down there. There was four of us in that room, and they could they connected. They uh, it was like watching two geniuses, and actually three geniuses. Another guy that had validated, but I and, and uh, I left. Um, I left. I said, "Okay, you guys, you guys just have a ball, right?" Well, the next call I get from Jeff when I talk to him next, tell me what you said. It was like I want you guys to imagine this in your head, where you see something that, that that's just a legend or some something out there, some mythical thing that doesn't exist. A, something out there that everyone's kind of heard about in the cyber world, but nobody would ever believe something, right? And what did you say when you talked to me on that phone or when you left there? Helmut, how are you feeling as you were watching this? Well, after I had a chance to meet with him, and he is indeed real. I love him. He is indeed real, and uh, I met him and his wife and petted his dog. And uh, after meeting him a little while, I got another really bad feeling because I realized I had run into somebody that was a lot smarter than me. <laughs> Which is, you know, humbling. that probably doesn't happen too often. Which is humbling. <laughs> and after I had a chance, I mean, he was extremely open, extremely cooperative. The man is a patriot, one hundred percent. And I called Mike when it was done, and I don't remember the exact words, but I think I said something like, "Mike, I just saw a unicorn." <laughs> <laughs> It's real. Uh, it's like he's he's seen, and they, and then the other guy told me, and um, he says, you know what? He said you should have seen them too. He said, and then Dennis is showing off and says, watch this. Tell me something you've never heard about. Where they tell him, boom. Just he goes, he goes, Mike. He was showing Jeff stuff. He hadn't even shown me. This is space age stuff. This is stuff that you can't even imagine. Can't you know? Imagine collecting what you've seen Sean Hannity them talking about back then—stuff that can collect everything from eat, no matter what you got in your pocket collects data. The government was using it for bad. Okay, but anyway, Jeff. So when you started, and then he what? He agreed then to show you the 2020 election. Uh, yes, I mean, as I said, he was very open. He allowed me to see. Uh, a good bit of the, you know, the, the actual raw information, uh, and gave me every opportunity. I mean, I spent, you know, it's been a while, you know, that I've spent verifying and, and validating and, and uh, um, what he has, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, basically from the election, from election day, uh, actually going for, you know, even a little bit before and a little bit after uh, of election day of, of places all over the country. Were you, when you first met in that first day, it took you, what, about a day or two just to, because he showed you stuff you can, that was so far out there. It, could you wait? You, you couldn't wait to tell me to, uh, when I was taught, when I called him, he was like a kid. And I'm going, because I already knew it was real. I already knew it. So it wasn't like, oh, good, whoa. I had spent a year, year and a half, a year and a half where I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't do anything. And getting all this stuff that's happening to our country, and I couldn't say anything, couldn't do anything. And so Jeff, he's telling me that. And then I said, how did that work trying to tell those other cyber people? 
is so far out there that they don't believe you 100%, do they? No, no, not yet. No. <laughs> because you can't wrap your head around it. Now, I'm going to pull up. I want you to pull up the data. I'm going to Before we get into this, remember, the what we're going to show you on this screen, this is going to show cyber guys out there everywhere as this spins. We made this for this presentation. Because I'm going to do something here on this stage after we show you this. Go ahead, you guys, pull up that thing on the, on the screen, those, the data. Okay. Now tell us, now this is just a snippet. Jeff, tell us what we're showing here, okay? Um, here, I'm going to stop it. Hey, stop it. Stop it rolling. There we go. So I just stopped it randomly, okay? This is a, uh, this is uh, how many? Uh, ten, ten different uh, target areas in, uh, I believe, ten, you know, nine or ten different states. Uh, that range, you can see the dates in one of the thing that range uh, 1103, 1103, so election day. I think actually, yeah, all these are election day. Okay, are these, are these PCAPs from PCAPs? Th this is, this is, these fields are actually being extracted directly from them. Okay, I'm going to point here with my pointer. Um, like if you look here, like this one here, South Carolina, uh, Secretary of State of Tennessee, that's right, the um, Delaware Capitol, the AG, and then there's dates on there. That one there says 2020, 11 and 11 So let's spin it. Can we spin them again? Just start them up again. Okay. I don't know if I can do now, now stop it. Okay. They're doing it back. So what's going on? What are they telling us that these, I want you to explain, does, would I be able to tell, well, maybe I'll just ask a question. If I'm watching from home and, I, and this gets posted or they're watching right now, and I'm looking at this, those timestamps on there, can they be altered in, what, 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 in that thing, that what you've seen? No, no, they, they really can't be. It's, it's very difficult to, to alter a timestamp in a, you know, in a PCAP to the format without uh, it being extremely obvious, and that's part of what I did was make sure that, that you know, what I you know, checked was, you know, it was all consistent. Right. It didn't show any signs of uh, manipulation. Right. Okay. I'm going to ask you another question. Could I tell by looking at this, are they in sequence? Are they timestamped? Yes. Yes, they are. So those timestamps, if they're in sequence, would you be able to tell, like, uh, let's see, those are from the third... Um, Let's see, there's, I know there's some, I'm looking for the oldest one of, of, these, of this batch. I guess most of these are the third. Um, so when you have, though, um, he's captured the, the selection. If you go from, like, the third back, that one said 1124, another sequence, does that mean there's a lot of terabytes behind it, a lot of information? Well, yes, there's a lot of packets in behind that and in front of it in the, uh, in, uh, right. in, in the, in the sequence. So you would know this 100% if you're watching out there. We already know you. You've seen the source. You've seen it all. You've you've been to the mountain, right? I have. Yes. You've seen it all, correct? Yes. And you've seen that the the source, everything. You've seen that this see. all a hundred percent real. Every everything, uh, every claim Dennis made, I was able to validate. Right. I'm going to tell you this: those 32 terabytes of your election of the 2020 election are real. Dennis Montgomery is real. And 
everything there, these terabytes. Now, you see, you've seen, I'm going to show you one more thing from Kurt here, from Kurt Olson, attorney. The, uh, one of the things I want to tell you is the, this is under that, what's it called, Kurt? The government, or the, it's, it's a state, state secret, secret privilege. privilege. Okay. Now, let me tell you, the defense of every lawsuit in this country, especially mine, they, they, this is my defense. And they're saying, the government's telling you, you can't see it. You understand how crazy this is? This also shows every single machine company goes bye-bye tomorrow morning, okay? Now, <laughs> now, now, I'm gonna show you something here and then I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. Kurt, is there a, can we pull up that, there's a, there's a guy that did a, uh, um, a declaration, right? There's one more declaration. Yes. Okay. So on November 25th, 2020, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Navid Kashavaraz Nia submitted a declaration. And I'll highlight, as I did with the previous deposit, uh, declarations, some of the important points. But before I do that, Dr. David, or excuse me, Navid Kashvaraz Nia, if you look up that name in DuckDuckGo or any other search engine, you will find an article in the New York Times from October 2020, a month before the election. It's quite a long article. It's about 13 pages. And it details a scheme by someone to defraud the CIA of millions and millions of dollars and how that gentleman was caught. And in that article, the New York Times extols the qualifications of Dr. Kejvarez. They say he is, quote, known as the smartest guy in the room, close quote, by his colleagues at the CIA. So Dr. Keshavars states, I am employed by a large defense contractor as a chief cybersecurity engineer and a subject matter expert in cybersecurity. During my career, I have conducted security assessment, data analysis, and security counterintelligence and forensic investigations on hundreds of systems. My experience spans 35 years performing technical assessment, mathematical modeling, cyber attack pattern analysis, and security counterintelligence linked to vice foreign intelligence service operators, including China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia. I have worked as a consultant and subject matter expert supporting the Department of Defense, FBI, and U.S. intelligence community agencies such as the DIA, CIA, NSA, NGA, which is a National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, DHS, and IA supporting counterintelligence, including supporting law enforcement investigations. 
I think he truly is one of the smartest guys in the room, as his own colleagues said to the New York Times. Dr. Keshavars states, the USIC has developed the hammer and scorecard tools, which were released by WikiLeaks and independently confirmed by Lieutenant General Thomas McInerney, Kirk Wiebe, a former NSA official, and Dennis Montgomery, former CIA analyst. The hammer and scorecard capabilities are tradecrafts used by U.S. intelligence analysts to conduct MITM stands for man in the middle attacks on foreign voting systems, including the Dominion voting system, Democracy Suite and Systems and Software, ESNS, voting machines, without leaving an electronic footprint. As such, these tools are used by various nefarious operators to influence voting systems by covertly accessing DVS, that's Dominion Voting Systems, and altering the results in real time without leaving an electronic fingerprint. The DVS Democracy Suite Election Management System, short for EMS, consists of a set of applications that perform pre-voting and post-voting activities. He continues, I have conducted data collection and forensic analysis using a combination of signals intelligence, human intelligence, and open source intelligence data associated with Chinese and other foreign intelligence service operators targeting U.S. critical infrastructures. In that capacity, I have also conducted ethical hacking to support U.S. intelligence community missions. You may remember Clay Parikh is another qualified ethical hacker. I think he may have told you how easy it is to get into these machines. I think he said his best time was two and a half minutes. Dr. Keshavarez continues, I have performed forensic analysis of electronic voting systems, including DVS Democracy Suite, ESNS, CIDL and SOE software, and the Smartmatic systems used in hundreds of precincts in key battleground states. I have previously discovered major exploitable vulnerabilities in DVS and ESNS that permit a nefarious operator to perform sensitive functions via its built-in covert backdoor. The backdoor enables an operator to access to perform system updates and testing via the internet without detection. However, it can also be used to conduct illicit activities such as shifting votes, deleting votes, or adding votes in real time. And then there's a citation there to the DVS Democracy Suite manual. These events, which means that it's in the manual how to do that. These events can take place through the internet without leaving a trace. I've skipped a few paragraphs. Dr. Kashvaras continues, in my expert opinion, the combination of DVS, CIDL, SOE software, eClarity, and Smartmatic 
are vulnerable to data manipulation by unauthorized means. My judgment is based on conducting more than a dozen experiments with analyzing 2020 election data sets. Additionally, a number of investigators have examined DVS and reported their security findings, and then he lists them on, confirming that electronic voting machines, including DVS, have glaring security weaknesses that have remained unresolved. And if you didn't know, just this past June 3rd, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, just issued an advisory listing over nine security vulnerabilities in a Dominion uh, touchscreen device called their ImageCast. None of which, what they said in that security advisory, which was very interesting, they stated there is no evidence that any of those vulnerabilities have been exploited. That leaves out the question, did they look? They never said. Dr. Kishvara has concluded, I conclude with a high confidence that the election 2020 data were altered in battleground states, resulting in hundreds of thousands of votes that were cast for President Trump to be transferred to Vice President Biden. These alterations were the result of systemic and widespread exploitable vulnerabilities in DVS, CIDL, SOE software, and Smartmatic systems that enabled operators to achieve the desired results. In my view, the evidence is overwhelming and incontrovertible, and it's signed under oath on November 25th, 2020. But I want you to hold something. Because the next day, after testifying under oath, Dr. Naveed Kashvarez withdrew one aspect of his opinion on this declaration. And he says that he, I have reviewed the 2020 general election data from the New York Times and rendered an opinion based on my knowledge and experience in cybersecurity. However, without physical access to the Dominion voting system, CIDL, Smartmatic, and other systems and software used in the 2020 election, it is impossible to conclude that voting data in Georgia or other battleground states were altered to favor a particular candidate. As such, I was mistaken to conclude that exploitable vulnerabilities in these voting machines resulted in data being altered. So, two questions. One, why did he do that? We don't know. However, even accepting that withdrawal of that portion, notice that none of the other statements were withdrawn. The sworn testimony regarding Hammer and Scorecard, the fact that he has performed forensic analysis of electronic voting systems, including DVS, ESNS, CIDL software, and that he has previously discovered major exploitable vulnerabilities that permit a nefarious operator to perform sensitive functions via its built-in covert backdoor. That wasn't withdrawn. 
There's sworn Dennis testimony Montgomery. that he helped develop Hammer and Scorecard, independently confirmed by Lieutenant General Thomas McInerney, Kirk Wiebe, and Dennis Montgomery. The fact that as such these tools are used by nefarious operators to influence voting systems by covertly accessing DVS and altering the results in real time without leaving an electronic foot fingerprint, not withdrawn. There was only one thing that was withdrawn for unstated reasons, but that was only with respect to the 2020 election. Not that it didn't, has never happened. One thing that we have consistently seen in prosecuting these actions and defending against them is that places, defendants like uh, Maricopa County and the Secretary of State or in other areas, they all claim that there has been no evidence of any actual exploitation, that it's just theoretical. Well, according to these experts, it's not theoretical. Well, and thanks, Kurt. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to pick it back to Kurt, and then I'm going to press the button. Well, so what we... What? Well, what's it? Okay, hold on. The, I'm going to tell you, I've had to live with billions of dollars worth of lawsuits. I've had to live with people saying he doesn't, Dennis doesn't exist. This is just nothing, the conspiracy theory guy. This stuff went so, so deep. It goes so corrupt, so deep into our government. If I got all these red dots on me when I'm standing there, maybe it's because I knew about this and other stuff that that's maybe why I'm not dead yet. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. That suppression of that evidence, I own it all now. I bought it, a good portion of it. So they got to be very worried that I have it because you know what? I want to get it out there for all to see and get these lawsuits gone immediately. So what we're doing right here on stage, tell them what this is, Kurt. This is a memorandum in support of our motion to intervene in that case in which that state secret, state secret protective order was issued to lift the protective order. And I'm, and I'm hitting the, the order right now to send that lawsuit in. You can see it Monday morning right now. The machines are going to be gone. The lawsuits are going to be gone. We're going to get our country back. Hit it. And if they still hide it, if they hide it from you and say, if they say, no, you don't get to see this, I'll tell you what, that's the evidence. We gotta be, we're tired of being lied to and hid and stuff hid from the American people. And now, I'll tell you, that was a big, I've been waiting for this day. I could almost cry. It's, uh, but we've got, but we've got.
This was all on God's timing, but I'll tell you now, we have, uh, I went long on that, but we're going to bring the sheriffs out here right now, and Wes going to bring us into our call to action. I told you we'd have that, because we, this one there, this here should get rid of those, the lawfare of Dominion and Smartmatic and all the machines. But what you're going to see is what we have to do now. I'm telling you, no, September 3rd, they can delete all this stuff forever. Okay, on September 3rd. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have uh, Kurt and, and Jeff, thank you. God bless you. You guys are heroes, heroes. <laughs>